welcome to a special episode of Dyslexia Canada's podcast, Sharing Stories. In these special episodes, guest hosts of the show will interview authors all about a book they have written. If you love books and reading, you're in the right place. Now, on with the show. Hi everyone, I'm Sam and I'm Dyslexic Canada volunteer, originally from Ottawa, Ontario, but today I'm recording in Banff National Park because I'm learning how to snowboard, which is going all right. Um, I have dyslexia, so I'm super excited to introduce our guest today, which is Julianne Salisbury, who also has dyslexia. Julianne is an author, a founder of a book publishing company, and a TEDx speaker. I've heard the list goes on and on, so I'm super excited to kind of pick her brain. Um, so Julie, can you just tell me a little bit more about yourself? Absolutely, absolutely, Sam. Great to be here. Yes, I'm originally from England, um, and I didn't discover I was dyslexic until I was a grown adult. And so I had really gone through life um, thinking that maybe there was something wrong with me just because I really struggled at school everybody else seemed to get A's or B's really easily. And I actually had to work really, really hard just to get a D. And um, my dad always just told me, just, you just have to keep working harder. And um, which I did and, and got my D's. Um, <laughs> but I didn't, uh, when, when I found out um, later in life that I had dyslexia, it suddenly made everything uh, make sense. I was just like, oh, that's why that happened. That's why that was a struggle. But by that time, I was, um, I had my own business as a book publisher. And um, so it was kind of interesting that when I was diagnosed as dyslexic, I was like, oh, wow, this is going to be really, um, this is, this is going to be interesting telling people that I'm dyslexic and I'm a book publisher because of course, like books and reading and spelling, you know, they, they tend to kind of go together, right, with, with book publishing. And so um, I decided that I would just find out more about dyslexia and understand it. And, um, and as a result of that, I ended up doing a TED talk about dyslexia called the gift of dyslexia. Because what I realized when I was doing the research was that dyslexia is just a different brain. It's just it's just created in a different way. We have very large creative right brains um, and the left brain is generally smaller than, than normal people. So <laughs> that means we're very creative people, we're big thinkers. Um, and of course, some of the most famous people like um, Albert Einstein uh, was dyslexic. He, he could not read or write until he was nine years old. And so I'm, I then realized that, oh, this is not a disability the way that people call it, that actually it's a gift. And so um, I started going down that, that road of, um, of promoting um, this gift and, and proudly telling people that I was a dyslexic book publisher. So it's, um, it's been a fabulous journey. That's, that's truly amazing to me, I find. Yeah, I find when in the school system, they were always belittling it almost, whereas I found it made me really creative in my writing and reading. So it was hard on me when they were like, oh, well, you're not good at that, even though like they didn't really give me a chance to even try. But I also heard that you said you could be one of the only world's, um, world's only dyslexic book publisher. So what does that kind of mean to you? Like, what do you 
think about that? Does that come into your brain on a daily basis? Well, it does actually. Um, it didn't used to, um, but now it does because I, I realize all the gifts that it's given me. So for example, you know, um, a lot of people don't think that they're good enough to write a book. You know, they say, you know, oh, my writing's not good enough or my spelling and grammar's not good enough. And, and I, I give them lots of confidence by saying, well, hey, you know, I'm a book publisher and I'm dyslexic and actually my spelling and grammar isn't that great either. But that's what editors are for. You know, your job is to tell a story. And if you're great at creative writing, which like a lot of dyslexic people are really good at creative writing, telling stories and writing fiction stories or writing poetry or, you know, that is a real gift. And so there's no reason why you can't go all the way and, and, and publish a book with your creative writing. You just have to remember that in publishing, everybody has a job. And so, you know, if I was a dyslexic editor, it would be a problem because it's the editor's job to do the spelling and the sentence structure and the grammar and punctuation, right? So if I was, if I was an editor in dyslexic, then definitely it would be a problem. But I'm a publisher, so I'm the person that's kind of looking over at the whole project and, and taking stories and helping people create the story. And now, as dyslexic, that's actually a good thing, right? And I can help give confidence to people by pointing out to them, there's, there's no such thing as not being a good writer. Because if you can tell a, a story, then you are a writer, you know? And, and then it's the editor's job to do all that editing and make it sound good and the sentence structure and all that type of thing, right? So it's like, it's a different, it's a different way of looking at writing and publishing and books particularly. And I think as a result of that, I've helped a lot of people um, publish books that might not have published them otherwise. Like for example, I have my youngest author is, um, she was 17 when she started working with me and she's now the best-selling author um, of actually two fiction books um, called Dysnomia. So her characters and her creativity were absolutely amazing. I was so impressed with um, the way that she structured the, the characters and uh, the story and her imagination was incredible. And I was like, wow. And she was autistic. And so she was concerned that because of autism that she wouldn't be able to write a book. And I'm like, you've got all the skills you need to write a book and the story's amazing. And so all we did was, was give that to the editor and the editor cleaned it up, you know, with spelling and grammar. And, and now she um, is, uh, has two best-selling books. So I think she's now 22 or something like that. And it's like, you know, there, there she is. She just needed someone to say to her, your creative writing is beautiful. Just keep creating and, uh, and don't worry about the rest because that's, an editor will take care of that. Yeah, I feel like you're giving people that avenue to explore gifts that you might not have like the full of everything, but there's definitely a part that you can like excel at. And like, even with computers and stuff nowadays, I find my spelling isn't even a big deal anymore because I'm going to be writing my essays on computers. Yeah. So there's not really a big issue with that. Um, but I also wanted to talk a little bit more about your uh, TEDx talk. So you said it was called Gifts of Dyslexia. I just wanted to know a little bit more about the experience and how. 
how that shaped, I guess, your like career and stuff? Well, I think the interesting thing, Sam, is that we, um, we make pre-judgments, right? We're really worried about people judging us or what people will think. And so we tend to hide uh, things like dyslexia, you know, like we don't talk about it or we don't openly tell people uh, that we're dyslexic. Um, but what I discovered is that if you do do that and you actually then explain to people what dyslexia is and the advantages of dyslexia, it can actually be a really amazing, wonderful thing, a door opener. Uh, I've met so many incredible people and I've now had 100,000 people watch my talk. And I know that it's really influenced people because I've, I've reshaped the way that they look at dyslexia and um, explaining, you know, that some of the, um, you know, Steve Jobs, right? Steve Jobs, um, he created the iPhone because he is highly dyslexic. And so Steve Jobs, you know, looked at technology and he said, there must be an easier way that's, that makes more sense. And so he, you know, dyslexic people think outside the box, right? They don't look, uh, they're resourceful. So they look at the problem and then they think big picture and they, they think of other ways to, to resolve problems. And so Steve Jobs, when he, when he created the iPhone, he did it in a way to make it very intuitive for people. And, um, you know, and, and so the iPhone was created for dyslexic people, effectively, right? <laughs> a lot of people know that. I didn't know that. I actually had no idea it was created. I just know that I, without some of those things like autocorrecting me and stuff, I would have, like, you wouldn't be able to understand me as well. But with technology, I think it's become so much easier to be confident with myself in my, like, spelling and stuff. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it, 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 it's not even just spelling, right? Uh, grammar will help you um, say it in a better way. And there's even um, concise correction and stuff. So you can actually, you know, it will tell you, you know, if you even put the wrong word often, right? So, you yeah. know, the technology is really, really helpful. And just like you say, you know, we can get we can get really obsessed with like, oh, you know, I'm not good enough because I can't do this. Um, I mean, for example, I'm a really slow reader. Now, um, I'm a book publisher, right? So you'd think, oh my God, that's going to be a real disability for me. But it's not. It's actually a real advantage because I have a very high attention to detail, right? Because when I'm reading people's manuscripts, I'm not speed reading like a lot of people do. And you know, just going past words. I'm like reading every single word, right? And so that attention to detail actually makes me a really good book publisher because I'm really paying attention because I'm reading it slowly. Whereas I think a lot of other book publishers, they're speed reading or even just glancing because they've learned, you know, that as a skill just to do, get through work as fast as possible. And uh, so it works to my advantage these things that I, that, I, that I have that make me maybe different, but I think of it as a gift, not, not as a disability. And in fact, you know, the biggest problem, Sam, is, is the way people are taught. It's nothing to do with uh, learning, right? Like the, the way that we learn, um, we learn really well from pictures and sound and, 
you know, touch and feel. But the traditional teaching system is, is based on memory, for example, right? Re repetition and memory. Um, and that style of learning doesn't work uh, for the dyslexic. So um, I've been working with um, some, some mentors, some teachers that are creating new uh, teaching systems uh, for the schools so that we can introduce it into homeschooling, for example. Um, and even if, if people don't opt for homeschooling, they can introduce some of the ideas and methods um, into their existing school. And it makes things uh, a lot easier to know that, you know, uh, if you have a child with dyslexia, they just need to learn a different way. So if you know how to teach them and to help them at home, for example, then that's gonna help them in school. And as I say, some of the schools will actually adopt some of these ideas um, as well. So it's, um, those are the kind of projects I get involved in to try and help um, children to have more access to better, better teachers. It's yeah. a teaching disability, not a learning disability. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I think they just don't know how to, like, the school system is very one-sided as when I was growing up. But luckily my parents had a, they worked with me like every single night working on like ways to memorize words and stuff is what I used to do. As I said, I was diagnosed later with dyslexia in life just because I used to memorize words. And so if I had never seen the word before, I had no way of like sounding it out or like figuring out what it was. So they didn't think it was dyslexia, but then later on they figured out that it probably was. Um, so just kind of similar to you, I was just diagnosed not as early on. So I was wondering like how you think it impacted you not being diagnosed within like this like within school? It's such an, it's such an interesting question because it's like looking back on that, right? And going, well, if I knew it was dyslexic, how would that have been different? Well, I guess if, I, if I'd known I was dyslexic and if my parents had been more aware of tools and ways that they could help, then it might not have made my experience at school, you know, as difficult as it was, right? Um, on the other hand, sometimes ignorance is bliss, <laughs> yeah. you know, because I didn't know I was dyslexic. I was just making up other reasons why. And just like you, I was, I was resourceful. Dyslexic people are very resourceful. They find other ways around things. And, and actually in the workplace, when you think about the transition from being at school to going to work, actually the skill of being resourceful is a really, really good skill. So you know, in effect, because I was resourceful, then I actually had all those skills that I could use in the workplace. So I think, I think that, um, you know, if I had had supportive parents, if I'd had access to all the tools that are available now, then it could have made my school life a lot easier. Um, but as it was, I think not knowing gave me other skill sets, right? That I could then adapt and be resourceful and bring me, I mean, I don't think quite honestly, Sam, that I would have, I would have, I would have been a book publisher <laughs> if I'd known from the get go, I was dyslexic, right? I would have thought, oh no, you can't do that. I right? can't do that. Yeah. yeah. So I think, I think discovering that after I'd, I had already been successful, 
gave me the confidence to tell people because I'm like, well, you know, <laughs> what difference does it make? Here I am, like, you know, you can look at what I've done and I've now yeah. published like, you know, close to 300 authors and, um, you know, made a lot of them bestsellers. So it's like, well, you know, if, if you, if you want to judge me because I've got, you know, a label like dyslexia, then, you know, go ahead and judge me. It doesn't make, it doesn't make any difference to me. I know I'm good at what I do. Right. So, yeah. And other people know I'm good at what I'm doing. So I, I don't think, I think it's, I think it's, our, it's us that put, we put that judgment on us. We're the ones that go, we're the ones that um, say, oh, I don't want to tell anybody I'm dyslexic. They're going to judge me. So I think it's important just to, to know, you know, it's not disability. It's a teaching disability. And you actually have a much bigger brain than the other kids at school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I think for myself personally, being diagnosed later in life, I found... I worked a lot harder than a lot of people. So like when I got into university, I did a full communications degree, which is all reading and writing. And I just, I had the work ethic, but if I didn't have that work ethic, I don't think I would have been able to do it because I was like, I just thought, I just thought I, I didn't really know why it was so much harder for me, but I was like, you know what, I'm, I can do it. Like, I'm gonna get there, I'll, I'll get there. I wanna be like everyone else, I'll get there. So I feel like it kind of, in the long run, it kind of helped me to like build up my perseverance and stuff. Yeah, because, it does. Yeah, yeah. without the label. It makes you more resourceful. Yes, I do think that. And do you think, we've kind of touched on this a little bit, but just like, how do you think dyslexia has helped you within your like book publishing career, like your TED Talks, all that stuff? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I focus on helping people transform their stories into a book. So, you know, for a lot of people, when they look at their stories, you know, like say, for example, you're writing a life story, you know, you're looking at your whole life and you go, oh my God, that's such a big story. How do I possibly decide what's going to go in the book and what's not going to go in the book? Now, the dyslexic mind is um, big picture thinking. So a lot of, um, for example, 95% of architects are dyslexic because in their mind's eye, they're able to see everything that they're building. They can see the building, they can see the village, they can see the roads, they like in their mind's eye, it's all mapped out. They see the whole picture, right? So for me, in, in, when, in my job of helping people turn stories into books, I am actually looking at their whole life, right? But then I'm able to like pull out like the, the arc, you know, like, like the important parts of the story. You know, you don't have to tell the whole story. It's just like this, this episode here when I was five years old influenced what I did when I was 10 years old. And this story when I was nine years old, you know, helped me be able to do what I did when I was 12 years old, right? So it, it's helping people to kind of plot their life experience and then understand how those life experiences have made you into the adult that you are today. And so, you know, dyslexia gives me that ability because I can literally, it's like, you know, I, I throw everything onto a big piece of paper and it's just craziness. It's chaotic. It's all like, 
stories, loads and loads and loads of stories. <laughs> but I can like, because of my big picture thinking mind, my dyslexic creative mind, I'm, I'm able to look at it and go, oh yeah, there and there and this, I'll take that and that and then link this together. And, and it's just all automatic because it's my dyslexic mind that's doing that. Like a normal mind would be trying to um, uh, put it into columns or straight lines or, you know, try and write it out uh, like an outline or, you know, um, in a logical manner, manner, right? That's the left brain. But because we have these big right brains, we can actually just look at all that creativity and organize it in a creative way. So, you know, artists, authors, architects, entrepreneurs, uh, technology, all of these things that require big picture creative thinking, these are the kind of careers that would be really, really good for dyslexic children. Don't even think about being an accountant, for example, right? Anything that's kind of left brain and it's linear, um, you know, that's not for you. So don't even spend time on that, you know, Focus on the more creative roles where you can use your big picture thinking, your creative mind. Um, and that might be an artist, it might be a musician, it might be an author, um, it might be um, even a teacher, right? A teacher is a really good job for a dyslexic person because a teacher is able to adapt the learning style to the student, right? Whereas a non-dyslexic teacher is just looking at, you know, a system and they're teaching to that system, whether the child understands it or not. Whereas a dyslexic teacher would be like, oh, okay, well, this, this student needs to learn this way and this student needs to learn this way. You know, so it, it's important, I think, when it comes to career choices to actually be aware that this is how your brain works. <laughs> like just, just think of it in terms of your left logical linear side of your brain is not as effective as this great big creative right brain. So you need to be looking at, you know, careers in that direction. I feel like in the school system, they don't highlight like the benefits of having like being creative and stuff. It's always very driven in a certain way. And like, even when I went through university, I wrote a ton of papers and I always found writing really easy and came to me really quickly. It was just like the spelling and the, the grammar and everything. And like, I had a computer that would let me like talk into it even so I could talk my like essays. So I didn't even have to write them. I just had to literally think. And that actually, I found that a lot easier for me to just like say it out loud. And then I was able to like, figure out what I was doing and then go back and like fix it and move it around. I mean, it's all about, it's, exactly. It's all about telling stories, right? You don't have to write it down. Like technology now is, is such that you don't have to write it down. And even if you do write it down, the computer autocorrects for you. So, right. Right. It doesn't, it's so crazy to me. I did want to ask if you always wanted to be an author, like book publisher your whole life or were you, was there like another career that you were thinking about before when you were younger? You know, it's really, it's really interesting, Sam, because when I was at school, as I said, I really struggled at school, but there was one topic that I got a B in that I was very, very proud. 
and that was English literature. There you go. Now, I realized that the reason why I really excelled at English literature was because it was story, right? It was all about story. It wasn't about language, English language. I don't know what you call that in America, but in England, in England, English language was the technical side of the English language, which I really struggled to get a D in that one. But English <laughs> literature is all about stories, right? And so I, I really didn't know at the time, but like, I just knew that, I don't know why I excelled at English literature, but I just really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed stories. But I didn't put that, those two things together until much later in life and, and when I came to write my own book um, and share my own stories. And then that's how I progressed into publishing. But I, I think that it was almost destined that I would be dealing with stories in some way because I just, that's what I was excelling in at school. Right. And I think that's the thing for children that they need to maybe think about is what are you good at? What are you naturally good at? And what do you naturally enjoy? And that is a really good clue as to which direction you're going to go into for your for your career. So I actually went into marketing before I went into uh, book publishing um, and I had quite a number of years in marketing. But, you know, marketing is the same thing. Marketing is telling a story about a product to make people buy it, right? I just didn't yeah. realize that that's what it was, but that is what it is. It's, it's telling stories, right? It's writing product descriptions. It's, it's creating products um, and creating the packaging. So basically, I've been, I was writing stories for products before yeah. I was writing stories for books. <laughs> yeah. No, I think marketing is a very good example of that as well. I, that's kind of like what I took like communications and marketing, but I found like writing stuff, like even like slogans, like uh, stuff like that, where you have to like rhyme things together. I found like really fun and like creative, even though like I've, I found it fun to like make those things that go with like advertisements and stuff. But I feel like you need a creative mind to be able to do that because you want to think of something that no one's ever thought about before. Yeah, I mean, totally. I mean, marketing is a really good job. Marketing, advertising, that kind of field is a really good job for creative minds because that's what you're doing. You're like, it's like, okay, well, here is, you know, look at this. Here's, a, here's some coconut milk. And it's like, so how are you going to like describe on this packaging what is coconut milk and what's the benefits of coconut milk? And <laughs> it's telling a story, right? And then it's all the pictures and how you use the pictures. And, you know, that's kind of like, you can't see it on the camera there, but, you know, it's all of this is marketing. The whole thing is all marketing. It's like mm -hmm. the graphics, it's the pictures, it's the description. And that's all creativity. The whole thing is creativity. It's like, how can I describe this to make this coconut milk water better than the other coconut water that it's sitting next to, right? So it's, that's creative creativity, right? So there's, there's so many creative jobs out there. Um, and if you have a dyslexic mind, you are way 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 in front of other people 
um, in terms of being able to do that job. For sure. Um, just leading into that then, if you had an inspiring author, especially someone with dyslexia, what would be like the main thing you would tell them? Maybe let them reach their dreams. I would just tell them to tell their story. Just tell their story and not be attached to writing or grammar. Just tell your story from the heart. And in fact, you can even, um, like you said, Sam, you can use um, transcript, uh, you know, audio, audio to text. Yeah. So you just, you just speak your story, right? It's mm -hmm. all you need to do. So, you know, if you feel drawn to telling stories, then tell your stories that way. Don't be it. Don't judge yourself that you can't write or you can't spell because remember there's other people to do that and there's technology to do that. So all you need to do is really focus on telling your story. That's all you need to do. Yeah, hundred percent. I agree. Tell your story. Tell your story. <laughs> Woo. Uh, I also wanted to just ask you a little bit more about yourself like what you do in your spare time. I know it's been COVID, so I don't know if it's still the same, but maybe pre-COVID too. Just what you do for fun, maybe even. Well, I've been living in Puerto Vallarta for the last three years. And so I've been here during COVID and uh, things are a lot more open here. And so I'm um, dancing is one of my favorite things to do. I go salsa dancing and mm. uh, which is awesome. Uh, so there was only like right at the beginning, there was restrictions um, for dancing, but I think like for the last year and a half, um, there hasn't, there, in July, there was a little spike. And so the, um, the clubs were closed early, um, but still, you could still go dancing. And so, yeah, so I've been doing, um, I, I love dancing. I love it, love it, love it. And I, so I do a lot of salsa dancing. Uh, of course, I'm right next to the beach, and so I love the beach. I love to swim in the ocean. Um, I love to walk on the beach. Um, there are so many music venues here with live music, um, amazing live music of like everything you can possibly even think of. And so I love to go watch live music. You can listen to live music in a restaurant. You can listen to live music in a small club. You can listen to live music in a little theater. I mean, like literally music is everywhere here. Like I could just like go, oh, okay. I fancy going out and listening to some music, live music tonight. And I could just like be downtown in 10 minutes and I can find probably 10 venues that are playing live music, different kinds of music. So it's, it's just such a, it's just such a creative, wonderful yeah. environment here. And I just, I just love it. Upbeat, positive. I'm jealous. Maybe I'll have to Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very, it's all, it's very positive. It's very loving. Um, it's very friendly. It's very joyful. You know, you walk down the Malacon, everybody's got a great big smile on their face and everybody's smiling and saying hello to each other and hugging and kissing is allowed. <laughs> oh, that's so weird. I haven't done that in so long. Handshaking is just like becoming normal again. I think like high fives even. It's so yeah. weird. Such a weird time. Yes. And yeah, would you like to share anything else with us on our podcast today? Well, Sam, I just, I, I think I'd just like to say to, um, you know, anybody that's listening that 
do not think of dyslexia as a disability. You need to reframe and start thinking of, dis of dyslexia as a gift because it really truly is a gift. And if you look at so many uh, famous people that have dyslexia, um, there are many famous authors that are uh, dyslexic. There are many famous scientists. Um, there's many famous business people. You know, Richard Branson is dyslexic. There's lots of movie stars that are dyslexic. You know, it is, it is something that, you know, 25% of the world is dyslexic. But you will find all of those people are in creative fields. So what they've done is they have embraced their gift of dyslexia. And they've said, wow, this is my gift. And I'm going to go and do something with that gift. Don't let anybody tell you, you know, you've got to be an accountant or you've got to be a secretary or you've got to be an administrator because you will hate it. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Just, just use that great, big, beautiful, creative mind. Leverage your mind, I think. Yes. Leverage the things that you enjoy and try yes. to make a career out of that. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then where can our audience just learn more about you and your experience? So your social media website. Yeah, you, um, you can go to um, www.influencepublishing.com. Influence, because I like to influence the way people see the world. So influencepublishing.com. Um, I am Julie Ann on Facebook. And that's probably the best way to get hold of me. Those two, those two places um, are probably the best, best way to get hold of me. If you, um, if you think that you'd love to write a book, you'd like some support on that, um, you can email me at founder at influencepublishing.com. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining us and taking time out of your busy schedule to do our podcast. We really appreciate it. So thank you so much. No worries. It's nighttime here. So um, my boyfriend's just gone to buy tacos. So I'll be eating tacos with a glass of wine. <laughs> oh, I love that. I'm having chili. It's cold here. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Sam. It's been great talking to you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into this episode. If you want to find the books mentioned on this show, head over to our website at dyslexiacanada.org forward slash sharing dash stories dash podcast. Please support this podcast by subscribing and leaving a review. We wouldn't be here without you.